0: may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty, but they like to talk about Cardiff City. It's the View from the Ninian, with Views from the Ninian, not Shoes from the Ninian, the View from the Ninian. View from the Ninian is proudly sponsored by Cardiff Classic Shirts. That's vintage football and rugby shirts sold and bought with cash paid. You can find them downstairs inside the Pumping Station Antiques House on Penarth Road, 11 till 3, Wednesday to Sunday, excluding Cardiff City Match Days. Here at View from the Ninian, we've brought a number of shirts from Cardiff Classic shirts and we can vouch for their quality and price. That's Cardiff Classic shirts inside the Pumping Station Antiques House on Penarth Road, 11 till 3, Wednesday to Sunday, excluding Cardiff City Match Days. So.
1: Go on then. Go on then. <laughs>
0: Right then, three, two, one, another week in the joyous world of Cardiff City where we see two games played, no points recorded, one goal scored but a goal from open play so that's a bit of a change in our fortunes. Um, We're here as always on The View from the to dissect the last week's football as much as we don't want to. I'm joined by Brent, Ben and Tom as usual. Ben, how are those next spasms working out for you?
2: They're not fun, Yeah.
0: This getting old, the monarchy. In fun. I've managed to injure myself sleeping. So,
2: feels yeah. like every week we come on the pod with you, Ben. You have a new injury. It's getting bad, yeah. But this is just this is a new one. Normally, it's like self-inflicted somehow. But doing this in my sleep and messing my neck up is a new one for me.
1: Tom, any injuries to report? No spasms. No, I'm I'm fully fit and firing. Hopefully, well, we we'll soon find out.
0: Well, that makes some of us, because Cardiff City certainly aren't fully fit and firing at the moment. Um, Two games to talk about, Ben and Tom. Let's start with West Brom. Um, Conveniently, I'd forgotten all about that game because it was invariably so bad that it had passed me by. Um, Ben, we lost. That's a given at the moment. Um, But there are some things to talk about from the West Brom game, mainly the the starting change of shape. Uh, Collins came in at left centre-back. Um, we had no Carl and Grant, um, and you've written here, no Grant, no shape, no fucking chance. Um, do you want to go, go into a bit more detail on that? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, it's more
2: just I got exci- I got excited on Twitter and saw the change of shape, tweeted, was it three at the back, a uh, tetty attack, and then pressed send on that tweet, looked up, and we were 1-0 down. Mm. Um And yeah, from there, I've been in the bad mood about this game anyway. So um, yeah, it was dog shit. <laughs> the whole game was just really poor. I had like the faint in of hope for a few seconds because like we've been talking up, like sort of three at the back. I thought, right, he's going to play Perry yeah. as a centre back. And then what are the footlights? So, there's going to be someone on the right wing back. And then I don't know, didn't really couldn't really work out what the shape was, but I knew we were going through at the back. And I was like, it's definitely going to be NG at the back, centre back. After what he did last year. It just makes sense. And then you sort of see Collins lining up at left centre-back and thinking, okay, that's unusual. Um, the goal comes down the left-hand side. Um, quite an easy finish. And yeah, from there it got from back to worse. I think just a really uninspiring game where we look lost and West Brom
0: didn't really get out of first gear. Um, Tom... You know, we conceded a goal after 34 seconds, um, as Ben said. There, it came down the left. You could say it was a mistake from Collins or um, and the left-hand side of the defence.
1: At that point, did you think it was game over when we go one 0 down so early? Yeah, 100. percent I think it just kind of h- harked back to like when we played them earlier in the season, where they scored against us and then we didn't look like creating anything. So I think as soon as they scored early in this game, it's like it's going to be the same again. I did a decent side West Brom. And if you give them an early lead like that, then we've got no chance because we've got no clinical kind of edge to us at the moment. We're not cutting teams apart. And they're just going to, if they score early, they're going to sit back and just play around with us. And that's exactly what they did. Um, we, we looked fairly solid from then on, I'd say. I don't think, they didn't batter us. I think that's, that's the only positive I can look at it. But we never looked, until late on, we didn't look like we were going to get back in that game at all. Um, it was just another kind of like uninspiring, insipid performance where we just looked like we weren't going to get anything out of it. And I think I'm just a bit bored of that now. I'm a little bit bored of us being boring. And I think that's the most frustrating thing about this game. I thought, you know, we changed formation. Perhaps we would do something more exciting. But no, it was more of the usual drivel. Um,
0: ben, talking about more of the usual drivel, um, Atete missed our only clear chance. Um, you know, people are kind of getting on Atete's back Um at the moment, that goal on Tuesday would have really probably improved his fortunes and our fortunes. Um, but it's it's annoying, really, isn't it? That one that was our only chance, and two that he, he managed to miss it. Yeah, it's um, it's a shocking miss. Like, I'm, I'm a big like still, despite
2: like the uh, I think it's yeah, a lot of unfair, unfair great grief on uh, Twitter, which is just becoming more and more toxic each week. Um, but yeah, he sh- he needs to score that. He has to. Any striker, like, we're not creating many chances it is, but if you get a chance like that, you've got to put it away. It's not like an easy tap in, but it should be sort of bread and butter sort of finishing for a striker at that level. Um, And like you said, it's just frustrating, isn't it? You sort of see that one sort of glimmer of hope. that realistically, I think if we score that, we're coming away with a point where we're thinking, Christ, that's a good point away from home. home. I think West Brom's home record, second or third best in the league this year. Yeah, Um, very good. to concede they're a good side like and to concede after 34 seconds and sort of nick and equalise I and mean, we didn't really offer a lot other than that would have been a one like a really really good point of sort of something to build on Um but nah he's just messed up his lines big time which is a real shame
0: Um Tom speaking of things to build on um, albeit to have our hopes dash later on uh, it was the return of Aaron Ramsey and he came off the bench for the first time in, in a number of, of, of months um, it turns out he's got another knock, so he missed the Norwich game, obviously, but we'll get to that. Um, But things did look better when he was on the pitch, didn't they?
1: Yeah, the tempo just picks up instantly. You know, he's got that bit of quality about him. And we finally have a bit of forward momentum when he's there. You know, a couple of snapshots here and there, but at least he was trying something. So it was great to see him back. And I thought, great, we can build on that now. But like you said, it wasn't to be. He wasn't around for the next game after. but. It does just show the difference he makes when he's there. I think even for the confidence of the players around him, you're suddenly looking across and you're seeing a bit of quality. Um, you know, someone who can just cut the team open with a pass, because we don't really have that outside of Caldwell, really. We don't really have that kind of class in our in our starting 11. So to see him back on the pitch is a massive positive. And it just shows what we've been missing over the last few months. I'm not saying we'll be in much better position than we are now, but There'd be games a of, be a hell of a lot closer and we'd be having a lot more chances on goal if you had some of his quality playing regularly for us.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, Ben, obviously the game was 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 finished as a contest. That tractor-driving Wurzel from Bristol, um, Anders Weiman, um finished the game on 80th minute. Um, it was... The, the game of football happened, didn't it, Ben? But there wasn't much for us to write home about, was there? No. Um,
2: yeah, it was sort of... From then on, you could have literally... Turned off, there was 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes still to play without his time, and n- literally nothing. I can't think of anything that happened. I think maybe Ramsay flicked the ball across the box, six yard box at one stage, or someone should have scored. If we had anyone in the uh, in the penalty area at that stage, we probably would have got something then as well. But yeah, he just finished it off, and all confidence seemed to go from there. Um, it was just, it was just uh, it's just it's just the classic, isn't it? Us at the moment,
0: it's just the second a goal goes in. Like, let's go. we
2: offered stuff. It's just, yeah, there's no belief that we can get anything from it.
0: Um, And Ben, I think you put this in. So let's talk about the misplaced anger that came off um, on Twitter afterwards. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll read what you've written here, um, and then you can expand on it if needs be. Virgins hey, you didn't give me what you just said, so. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I will. <laughs> for sure. uh, virgins on Twitter are upset about Horvath wearing a shirt to support his mate. Who really cares? You can expand on that, Ben.
2: Yeah, so there's people saying, get that yank out of my club, all of this. And it is undoubtedly faceless Twitter accounts from 14-year-olds that need to know better that paid for Twitter, uh, Twitter premium. Um, uh, Dyke, was he, he tore his Achilles, like his fifth game back after coming yeah. back from a torn Achilles. He's a teammate of all of us and the, the American squad. They clearly know each other well. He wore a shirt with his name on the back. And people are claiming outright outrage on this, saying it shouldn't happen. It's disgraceful, blah, blah, blah. It's a nothing thing. It's someone showing a bit of support for their mate that's having a bit of a crap time. He's been out for a year. He's going to be out for another year. And he's just mate just did something nice. And then people are just going mental about it. And again, it's just showing what a cesspit Twitter is becoming at the moment. I think it's getting worse and worse. Um, there's no surprise. Like, there's no, you bit really see players on there or doing anything with the fans at the moment because it's just rancid. And like they're moving over to Instagram as well. It's all just becoming really, really toxic again. And just even something relatively nice and supportive for something like that, people are trying to turn it into something more than it is and it's just driving me wild. I can't be arsed with it.
0: Yeah, you never us hear uh, never hear us being mean about players on this podcast. Um, we're we're a really nice bunch over here. So um,
2: S- seven minutes thirty four that was. If you want to just make the editing note for that, then <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do actually need to. Yeah, we'll we'll get back to that. Um, Tom, let's let's move on to Norwich, shall we? Um, I mean, a chance to redeem ourselves, uh, a chance for you know uh, a fresh start at Carrow Road. We never really do very well there. Um, or haven't in in recent seasons Um, and we didn't do very well there this season obviously a 4-1 loss Um, I mean I don't really know where to go with this because it's all pretty bleak at the moment but let's start with the the team selection Tom no NG no Ramsey but Colwell was back in there seemed to be some confusion about the formation we were playing what was your take on on the starting lineup
1: I found it fairly exciting to be honest with you I I looked at it and went look we're trying something like, I think the one criticism, well, there's been plenty of criticisms, but it, a criticism we've I'm had criticism. is that, yeah, um, you know, we, we've but it's been really rigid with how we play and it hasn't been working and nothing's changed. So, like, there's a change of personality. It felt like it was a slight change in how we were going to go out in the game. So I had no kind of problem with it. Um, you know, and in the early exchanges, there's no, you know, there's no getting away from the fact that Norwich were dominating. But it did feel early doors that we were like one critical pass away from unlocking them, and I think that was the positives. I was like early on, it's like, look, this we've we've moaned about this, like we should be better on the counter. I think we're like the worst in the league on the counter. But suddenly, with a link up between Colwell and Grant, with the way we were playing, it felt that we we could create something. So yeah, early on in the game, I was feeling fairly positive about you know how we were set up.
0: Uh, ben, how long did that positivity last for you? Um, obviously, the opening exchanges, um, it seemed like it was all Norwich. They put us under pressure a couple of times, could have scored early on. Um, it, it felt from early on that we were really under pressure down at Carroll Road. We were, and
2: I did enjoy the Cardiff Twitter account saying it's end-to-end stuff here, When I think the end... The only end I saw was the Cardiff City end because it was just all on there. End and back to that end again. That's yeah. what I meant. <laughs> um, it's, uh, by by end to end, it was our end cleared back to back our to end. That. It was yeah. ridiculous. Um, I got, I don't. know. I felt like like Tom. Like, there was a bit of false hope there. Like we, it wasn't like while Norwich had plenty of clear cut chances and probably you look at some of them. Like Sargent should have a hat trick. He should have scored early on yeah. and then uh, Phillips clears off the line. Um, that sort of made me think, oh, there's someone on here. It's just not clicking for him today. If we if we get sort of sort this out, there's something there for us. Um, yeah, so I was quite encouraged quite early on. And then sort of, was it 17, 17 18 minutes in, we score. The most yeah. unlikely score. I think, no, no one would have predicted JC to score, but not not the cleanest of goals, not the best goals, but like, taking that it's lead suddenly. An open, it's a goal yeah, from open a, play as well. It was a rare, rare sight. Suddenly I'm thinking, oh, hang on, the way their day's gone the way their shooting's gone, they're finishing, they've had so many chances they've not scored. We've suddenly scored out of our first real chance. I don't even think it was a real chance. It sort of just sort of came off him and went in. Yeah. I thought, we might be honest, I'm in mean, here. Um, didn't last. But there was, until about 25 minutes, there
0: was that hope. Um, Tom, did you have the same hope after that goal? Did you think we
1: were going to get something from the game? Yeah, I think part of me did because, you know, Norwich, despite their, like, lofty position in the league... Their fans haven't been happy. They, you know, they were booing the, the game before, even though they won four two. I think against Watford, they're not. They're not happy with Wagner there, and they feel like a club who were like, you know, on the precipice of it a little bit or, like really turning. And I thought, you know, they missed those early chances. We score, and then we let ourselves down. That's the problem. That's where you kind of then you steady. Like you go into you go into halftime, and it was a cliche. but you go in a halftime one it's a different game then the pressure and the onus is on them but we crumbled yeah. again so that hope disappears we, we should have been it should have been one all instantly but they, they were just offside and disallowed go and that's where you then go right look that's you know that's the warning sign let's reset but we didn't and we just let them come at this and come at this and we're just making mistakes all the time like it's really frustrating because well, what did I say? I, I thought we might have had a chance. I did for about 40 seconds after we scored, I think. But, you know, they're the games where when when teams are getting pressure from their own fans, we need to start capitalising on that kind of atmosphere. But we just don't let that pressure build for long enough. We let teams back into games far too quickly mm-hmm. when we are in the ascendancy. And it was just another case of it again against Norwich.
0: Um, ben, let's talk about their first goal. Um, obviously, Horvath... Um, was in, he's been in for the last couple of games instead of Almwick um, maybe not overly enamoured with his performance um, against Norwich um, what did you make of his attempts for at the first goal for me it just felt like he flapped at the cross could have got a stronger hand on it, could have I don't know, pushed it the other way, instead he flaps at it and it just drops to their player who's able to slot it in, um, are, you, are you putting all the blame on him?
2: Yeah I think unfortunately you have to in that case um, I think communication across the board was poor there sort of no one's taking control of the situation, but that probably in that situation is down to the goalkeeper. Um, he needs to sort of command his box better. He didn't do that. Like I said, flapped at it and just it's a pretty simple finish. So yeah, I think unfortunately it's not been the best of starts for Horvath. Um, let Luton fans rate him still, and there's a lot of people writing him off already, which I think is very, very silly. But at the moment, yeah, it's not it's not been the start him or I would have hoped for him at
0: this club. Tom, the second goal, free kick um, from Sarah. Um, i I watched it again today. It just felt like Horvath was really slow to get across. It's almost like he hesitates. Um, It was a good free kick, don't get me wrong, but it doesn't feel like he's hit it that hard. It feels like if Horvath has been a bit more reactive, he could get there. Do you think he could have done better?
1: Possibly. I think he's far enough out that you should have time to adjust. I think it felt like he was a bit flat-footed getting to it. It was a great strike. There's no getting away from Arsenal. It's a a hell of a hit. But yeah, it did feel like he was, yeah, it felt like he was moving in slow motion towards it a little bit. Um, Especially the height it was at as well. You know, it's not like he's out of reach. It might be been a bit harsh. I think you're kind of, you're looking for a mistake then after that first one because he he doesn't do good enough for that first goal. There's no doubt he's come flapping for it. Um, And it's just really frustrating the keeper situation at the moment. It's just we can't catch a break. Like, Horvath comes in with a good reputation, you know, and already two, possibly three mistakes. You know, Runnison comes in from a decent club, it's just a massive flop. And even Alan Rick, like, comes into the team, has some fantastic games, but still, there's goals you're looking at going, yeah, you could probably do better with that. And it's just having a solid keeper makes all the difference, especially when we're leaking goals at the moment, you know. But, I don't know. I've, I've got a feeling the whole battle will come good. I've, I think there's a quality keeper there, but the problem is, when as a fan base, we're not being the most patient at the moment. We're probably even more kind of snapshot in our kind of opinions than we normally are. So it'd be interesting to see if Bullet sticks to them or not and puts Alan back in, like rotates him back in for about the fifteenth time this season. We've um, literally written off every
2: January strike, every January signing already. I see on Twitter people are writing them off. The only way I think you've still got any credit is um as um as brand. Yeah, even then I've seen people say he offers nothing. It's just crazy how what three games after the windows closed, people are already just dismissing it and sort of just saying, are oh, they done? Look, they, they've got to do better and things haven't improved like we'd hoped. But just mental how well, quick this just... Is. you go from Look at you. Look at like I know it's Man United and stuff, but like Hoyland, yeah, Rasmus Hoyland today. You sort of go, he's been written off as a flop all season. It takes time for people to bed in. Now the lad looks unplayable at times in like a really really poor Man United side. Like you look the best pair on the pitch against Luton today, which isn't saying much, I know, but it, it takes time for people to bed into squads and just the flat out just instant reaction of are oh, they terrible? It's a write off, get rid of them sort of thing. It's just. These players must be wondering what they've walked into because I've, I've not seen any other fan base go this sour this quickly.
0: I think we'll just be, I think the reactionary nature of the fans comes from the disappointment that we didn't get Kiefer Moore, perhaps. I think we're, we, um, I, I say we, I think some of the fan base feels like we were let down in January. So therefore the players that have come in and they're already, like you say, Ben, they're already on a, on a downward path. Towards these players. And that's the problem, isn't it? There's that anger at the club that then we're the only people we can take it out on is the players. And because the players haven't been an instant success and things haven't turned around instantly, they're just focusing in on a couple of the players. Like Atete, we've talked about it already, but he's an absolute scapegoat at the moment. Collins, who's yeah. been pretty much one of our only players who's played almost every game so far this season, despite only just coming back from an ACL injury. He, he didn't go to the AFCON so he could stay around for Cardiff, basically. If you know, if the reports are to be believed, he was the one who made that decision. And yet he still gets a kick in every week. Um, there's just so much anger in the fan base at the moment that the only people who are coming in for it, really, are the players. I think we've kind of lost... There's a confusion over whether we should be angry at Bullet or not. The club are kind of getting away with it ever so slightly at the minute because we're not really sure who's in charge and who's running the show. So therefore, the players are copying the flack, which isn't fair, really, because they're under pressure as well. Wintle is another example of somebody who gets a lot of stick, even though he's not doing a particularly bad job at the moment. I thought Wintel the last two games was probably one of the few. Well, the last two games he's played, I
2: thought he's been fine. He's never he going to be. Yeah, he he puts it puts yeah, it in. He's sure. never he's never going to be a ten out of ten sort of game changer. But look, he's one of the most solid players on the pitch. I think. Yeah, that's a very good point. But people are still going to slate him. Yeah,
0: no matter what, like. He could, have, he could have a worldie of a game and he's still going to get slated for something he did three games ago. Or the fact that, you know, he. I think someone's in the Twitter comments, basically he said he's the player who leads the press, but he's a deep line midfielder. So he's having to cover so much more ground just to be the one who's who's getting out of, the, of their defense. That shouldn't be that way. It should be whoever's in the 10. I know Colwell perhaps is doing a different job, but it should be the, the players who lead from the front. We'll get to all that. We'll get to all that. Um, Tom, um, they scored two more goals. I mean, they were quite nice goals but it just showed how easy it is to cut us open didn't it I think both their goals they just easily passed it through us broke the lines got through easy finishes for them at the end and it just shows how
1: how weak our underbelly is at the moment isn't it yeah we've said it before we've meek like we are just meek like and you know they could have scored early on in this game if it wasn't for Nat Phillips you know with a clearance off the line and it, it could have been six or seven this game like we deserve to get absolutely battered um and I think the players kind of knew that. It feels like we're just used to losing now. I, I was speaking yeah. to Ryan, Ryan March, friend of the pod, earlier on. From the pod, Ryan Mark. He was saying, um, you know, we're a team that's kind of full of losers now. We haven't got anyone there who's like used to winning in this club apart from Rawls. But he's seen enough defeats in this club now that it's pretty much in the balance. Like that winning attitude, we, we've heard it about Bullet a lot. And he said in his recent press conference, oh, you know, I'm not used to losing this amount of games. But it feels like our squad. That's all they do now is lose games. And how much of an effect is that having? You know, how much of an effect yeah. is that going to have on the likes of Caldwell? You know, you know, really, just week in, week out, we're just underperforming, getting kind of just turned over. And if we're not getting hammered by teams, we're just getting convincingly beat in terms of they score early and sit back. And I think the next few weeks are going to be absolutely massive to us because we need to kind of have a bit of momentum. You know going into next season and take the pressure off going into our last few weeks because we are kind of sliding. We're like second tier put a a screenshot up of the relegation battle and we're the top team in that now. We've slid into that screenshot and I think that's the worrying sign now. We don't need to slide any further than that. So I I don't think we're in a relegation battle. I think there's enough bad teams in in this division, but I don't know, it's just you can't keep having games where we, sh- we should be conceding seven goals like against Norwich because it will have a long-term effect on this group of players.
0: But that's it. We've, we, we're kind of not sleepwalking because I think everyone's fully aware of how bad we've been. But five, six games ago, we were look, still looking up the table. I mean, we were still saying we're only seven points off the playoffs. Two wins turns this around. We've beaten Watford once in that time. Everything else has been a loss. Um, and now, all of a sudden, like you say, second tier putting is just at the top of that relegation battle. A couple of wins somehow things might get positive again, but I just don't see where those wins are coming from at the moment, like you say we you know I've written it here we it was yesterday was so bad, and when you look at the stats when you look when you looked at the shot map in the first half, we had two shots in the first half, we scored one of them, and one of them was Reuben Colwell from about thirty five yards. The rest of the time, they're peppering our goal, and it could have been six or seven. But the worst thing about it was is that Norwich at the start of the season weren't that good. We were ahead of them in the table. It's like two, two contrasting fortunes. While, while, while they were almost getting rid of their manager in October because they were so angry, they've kicked on from there. While we, at that point, were so happy with their manager, we've gone the other way and we've swapped places in the league. And Ben, it felt like yesterday when you're watching it, Norwich were almost like a league above us in a sense. You know, they could have scored six or seven. The way they played football, the way they approached the game was far and away better than what we ever could. And it did feel like two, two different leagues.
2: Yeah, I think it's a very fair point. They looked a mile ahead of us. Even again, like it's just—I think you're spot on with everything you're saying there. It's thank you very much, Ben. It's just (laughs) what I just don't understand what's going on with it as well. You sort of look at it. um, Someone posted on Twitter, was it? Last twenty games, thirteen losses. Yeah, like that's an outrageous amount. I think we've won three and drawn four, maybe something like that out of those last 20 it's shocking form.
0: I was um, I was thinking back to to not, um, to Ipswich like one of the the first the first month of the season. We lost at Ipswich. We went 2-0 up and lost the game 3-2. But that felt like night and day to what it is now. Like we came out of that game going god if we just if we just kicked on a little bit or if we just held our own a bit more in the second half we would have won that game. I just don't... That team feels like a completely different team to the team that's playing now. I know we've lost Ramsey for for most of the time between there and now because he hasn't been playing for injury. Okabo started that game and has gone, but it just felt like a completely different unit of players and a different outlook on the team. I don't know where that's gone. It looked like completely... Like, there we were on the front foot. It was hard working.
2: It was... There was energy in there that we hadn't seen... Yeah, there was, that's the big thing I think has gone completely as the press. Yeah. It feels like Bullets sort of um, sunk into that sort of thing of, right, we're shipping a lot of goals, which we did at the start of the season. We were fine with it. We were scoring. He's got focused more on, right, we're shipping a lot of goals and seems to have gone more and more defensive, hoping that we'll shore up at the back and that'll make it mm-hmm. easier for us to pick up results. And that's just not happening. If anything, our belly's getting softer each week. Um. These goals are just on my diet, is it, Bent? (laughs) Are you looking trim, mate? Thanks, mate. Thanks, pal. But um, yeah, it's just, I just don't know where, like you said, like you compare us to like Norwich and like the swap there. That's exactly what I was thinking at the start of the season. Like, if we had played, if this game had happened the other way around at this point, I think we'd have comfortably beat Norwich like they did us. Yeah. And the swap since Ramsey sort of disappeared and we sort of like October time. The regression under bullet and like I love I really want everything under this bloke to work and I, I, I'm fed up changing the managers I'm fed up everything sort of going along with that but like where does it where do we go because I don't see a change in shape I don't see what we can do to improve it other than saying oh well Ramsey and Dowd are coming back hopefully that'll sort it it's, it's a that much, deeper much deeper issue it's a much deeper issue than that it was sort of January right we've gone a bit flat and January Kiefer comes in. Um, it's an overall sort of like, this is where bullet has got to take a and there's tons of issues with the club, right? And sort of, I think, worryingly, the ownership's getting a sort of way scot-free with a lot of stuff that's gone on recently because the anger's with Bullet and sort of the dirge that's on the pitch. But people have got a fair point with that. Like, two-holding to midfielders when we're sort of trying to claw back into games that just aren't sort of producing. Um, no drive and it doesn't seem like that hunger and that aggression from a bullet on the sideline seems to be there he seems to just accept it at the start of the season you sort of saw him like non-stop talking to players throughout the game like i remember the stuff with tanner when i was watching uh, the coventry game he was in tanner's ear the whole game just mm. barking orders just constantly on that you could not like wherever you were like watching a stream watching the stadium you could constantly hear his whistle like he's constantly talking to players communicating like putting to foot into place what he wanted out of the team and that's completely gone and I think once that starts to disappear the players are going to lose belief like they're not going to buy into this manager because he's clearly sort of given up and that's a huge worry for me because I never thought he'd be the kind of bloke to do that
1: um, and to, to be honest as well like we, we were saying about like it's gone downhill since Ramsey's been out but we were good for a bit without him and yeah. I think that's I think that's what worries me. It's not just done. It's not just like he fell out the team. We went downhill. We were good for a good four or five games without him in the team, and we were a little bit shocked by it. And I think that's what worries me a bit more. There isn't that like one kind of seminal moment where like it flipped. It's just gradually got worse. And I think, like you were saying, again, the the belly's getting softer week on week. And I think that's the most alarming thing. And I think that's why the next week with the two home fixtures is an absolute season-definer for us. I think, like, yeah, it's, it's the difference between whether we go into you know the end of the season relatively apathetic because we've got nothing to play for, but probably fairly okay with that, or shitting ourselves that we're slowly dropping down a few places when the likes of Sheffield Wednesday and QPR are picking up. So, you know, I know we'll get on to the, the next couple of games later on, but it, it's a huge, huge week for us. There's no doubt about that.
0: Um. And just a final point on the Norwich game. I was looking at the um, stats for yesterday. Uh, Small quiz for you guys. Um, Obviously, Josh Wilson, Ezbrand, was was hauled off at half-time yesterday. Uh, In the first half, how many touches of the ball do you think he had? Um, This sums up how bad we were yesterday. Ben, how many touches of the ball do you think he had?
2: I reckon at best he had three.
1: Tom? I was going to say four, but by your face, I reckon it's less. No, no. It's
0: it's more than three or four. I'll give you that. Okay. H1. Still not double figures. It's six. Six touches oh, in the first, first half. God. Six touches in the first half. Um, when you compare that with Gutas, who had 82 in the game. Uh, Collins, who ended up with, um, I can't find it now, 59 during the game. Uh, J.J. up front, um, another stellar sign by looks things. 21 touches in the whole game. He was he was poor. We're not poor. We got nothing to him yeah, or so sorry
1: for him. So I,
0: I sorry for him. It tells a story, right? Our defense are touching the ball eighty, 70, 80 times each. I think Nat Phillips was around 70, Gutas is 80. Um, and then our strikers are um you've got Wilson Osbrand with six, JJ with 21 touches, and it just tells a story, right? We're not getting the ball to our wingers to then put the ball into the box for, for JJ to get on the end of it. So it's just it's just dismal at the moment. And I think
2: Well think back think back to the West Brom game. The one strike, the one thing I can think of like Meite did. Like he came in, sort of the one thing he sort of like stood out for me was he took that shot from twenty five yards out, out of nowhere and pulled his own car, and that's come off injured. I think yeah. that just sums up and that that's that's not because he's an idiot or right? anything. That's just that's a purely out of frustration sort of thing. He sort of lashed at the ball. The movement in front yeah. of him was non existent and it's just Again, it's just a crisis of confidence, isn't it? There's no belief in that squad going forward. And then it's sort of down to... Well, like Glenn tweeted, like, Cardiff City strike force, and he showed the defenders
1: page. (laughs) That really really made me laugh. (laughs) I must admit.
2: Really good tweet. But, like...
1: (laughs) just Depressing.
2: Yeah, because, like, the hope and the excitement of, like, September, September, October... Like I was really looking forward to the season, sort of just building like the thought of something special being built, and it's gone from that to seeing people sort of clamour for the glory days of Ryan Olsson in goal.
0: Oh, listen, I, <laughs> I've seen, an, I, I've seen a lot of people saying let's bring Sabri Lamucci takes. back. Sabri Lamucci was a bad manager. I know last season wasn't great overall, and he had to deal with what he had to come in. But the only games we won at the end of last season were against a really bad Blackpool team. We beat a really bad Bristol team. I think we beat a really bad Rotherham team, but only did that in the 88th minute or whatever it was um, to help us stay up. We beat Watford. That's the only result that you could point to that you could say Lamucci did a number on a team is when we beat Watford. Um, You know, a good side, sorry. We were punching above at that point. And now people are going, oh, bring him back as if he was, as if he was Alex Ferguson and our saviour last year. When he left, nobody was bothered when he left. Like, he
1: kind of
2: disappeared. Oh, I'm not sure
1: about him. that. I, yeah, I, I think, that. No, I, think, I, think I think I'm not. I'm being truthful. I'm not asking for him back, but I don't think he was... I, People like, are I remember asking. saying it'd be good. Yeah, I'm not, I'm saying. I remember at the time saying it'd be great to have some consistency and actually yeah, be frustrated yeah, yeah. when think, he went. I because it showed the club didn't kind of invest in it. I thought he did a decent... Yes, he didn't set the world like, but he kept us up. And that's all we asked of him. So I wouldn't say he's an, so awful, he's an awful manager. I just... It. Oh, you're falling in that camp now as well, are you? <laughs> yeah. but, no. I've got to give the opposite view, Tom, like, that. all. <laughs> no, but, like, I think he did an all right job. I don't think we would be in any better position if he was here now, for sure. But I think it, it does show that, like, there's a clamour for any sort of positive... Or, like, looking back to any sort of positive event yeah. over the last few years at the moment, because there's nothing to look at. Like, exactly. we've got nothing to be happy about at the moment.
0: People are going back to the summer and saying, oh, wish we could, you know, why didn't we sign? Sorry, Cabo, it would have been great if we signed him. It's because like we, we literally couldn't. We were in an the yeah. and there was nothing we could do <laughs> about it because <laughs> we weren't allowed to sign him. And I understand, like, people want to hark back and look back at uh, a slightly more positive time. But the summer was, you know, the end of last season into the summer wasn't great because we were under the embargo and all that kind of stuff. It only got exciting when it was talking about Ramsey coming back in, really. So, um, I mean, look, we we talked about Twitter already, but the state of Cardiff City fans is often reflected in our Twitter comments. And I think we've got a record this week. because We've had 40 people reply to the tweet asking for their opinions on this, on on what's going on at the moment. So that's that's a lot of tweets. And that usually sums up the kind of mood around the camp. Um, Mood around the camp as if we're a football team. Tom, we've already talked (laughs) about him. Um, Ryan March, friend of the pod, alternative Wales host and um, regular guest. There's been some talk that um, Steve Morrison could be due for his um, annual return to Cardiff City because Vincent Tan loves him so much. The question is, though, if you could bring back one ex-Cardiff manager, who would it be? I'll come to you first, Tom. Is that in their like current health
1: or like? Oh, well, I, d- I don't either. Respect. No, um, I, I presume you don't want to bring it back a dead man. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Is it like one of those like dinner table questions? You know, would you want to do a dinner ta- party ask, alive ask, or dead? Answer the question how you want. I, I'll leave it open for you. Mm. Who would I want back? Ah, oh, that, that was going to be a big caveat I was going to say like if it wasn't for the racism, uh, Malky McKay. <laughs> but like, it's kind of a big thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, like, I don't know. I, Dave Jones. It'd be like quite nice to see like Glenn have the battle with Dave Jones a chance, in a yeah. in a look. Yeah, but I, I don't know. The problem is, I do look back, and there's not many managers I go. I look at really, really fondly. I think it's like Warnock was great because of what we got out of it. But like even when Malky's going to start ended up being an absolute disaster, there's not many times as a Cardiff fan where I look back and go, you know, that was a great period. Dave Jones here is the only one I look back at and go, that was fun. And even then we underachieved. Oh, yeah. I've got a negative about everything today. But I don't know. My answer is I don't know. Ben,
2: I'm going to go Lenny Lawrence.
1: I thought Lenny? you would.
2: Yeah, yeah, I just love that bloke, and like he's still going now. How old's he? He's got to yeah, be
0: seventy-five, I think, seventy-six. Yeah,
2: late. He's got to be like mid to late seventies, like, and he's still kicking Literally on, 76. still involved. He's yeah, seventy-six.
0: So Was it like, Hartlepool, Hartlepool? Yeah, I I don't know if he's still there. Let me have a look. He's assistant manager and non-exec director director now at Hartlepool. I think he stepped but in, but I think the, they hired another manager.
2: That's the second like, and he went in after Dave Jones at Hartlepool. That's the funny thing with that. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. I bring him back. The football was all right at times. And it's one of my favourite times as a Carter City fan. And it can't be any worse. Do you know how I'm going to go
0: with? The halcyon days of Danny Gabberton and Scott Young. That (laughs) five-day period. What a run they had. No, I'm joking. (laughs) Well, we were torn
2: torn apart by Nathan D'Alfonso for Blackpool, who had like four players at the time.
0: Uh, we have one manager who has a zero win percentage. I oh, know a couple of managers have zero win percentages, but they weren't obviously full-time managers. David Kerslake has a zero win percentage from two games. Um, I'd probably go Dave Jones, if I'm being completely honest, but I do have a, a, a fond softness, a soft spot sorry, for, um, it's my belly, for Neil Harris. I think he uh, was on to something. I think he got us into the playoffs when we were quite unfancied. Obviously, he fell apart a little bit the following season, but... There was a while where it looked like we were really going to kick on under him and he was changing the way we played football. Um, And I think we shit the bed a little bit by getting rid of him. Cool. Right. Nods like, all around. It felt yeah, like... 39
1: more comments to go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure, Ben, yeah.
0: we've got no more time for discussion. We've got to get through these comments. Bring, Neil, bring I Neil back, it's fine. When we can talk. Um, yeah. uh, Benefactor says anything less than six points from Blackburn and Stoke. Uh, is an absolute minimum four goals scored over the two games will be a catastrophic failure for bullet blackbird and stoker bang average like a struggling for form and drop in like a stone he also says i'm a bit pissed off to be honest lads the home form is absolutely dying that is all down to bullets dreadful rigid boring defensive tactics preston was the d- disgrace i do want him to stay with it but with each passing match it's difficult to back him he needs to sort his shit out uh chris whedon says i'm just sad um, Bluebirds Pass says do you think after our early season form where we were scoring but conceding the fair few he switched to such a cautious approach because he wants to be more solid but sacrifice the attacking threat but clearly this isn't working either so he needs to find a new approach I always found in, in the early part of the season that the problem we had again, I, I referenced the up game and the leads game is that we would race into those leads and then we would go compact and try and do the low block and stop them and, and, and suffocate the game out but we just weren't good enough at that point to do it and that's when you know we, we conceded more goals because of it um, Richard Endercott says, Norwich are a seriously good team. Norwich? Norwich are a seriously good team. I was in the players' lounge after the game and their players are very confident of playoffs and beyond. All right. Hobnobbing with the stars. Um, it's a good division this year. I'm enjoying watching Norwich, Leicester, Southampton, Ipswich, Leeds and West Bromwich Albion play. We are nowhere near. Um, Aidan Jones, what's happened to us since October? Our form has been woeful. We've been in relegation form with points we've got. What's changed and why do we look so uncomfortable? Our home form is shocking and how are we going to turn this around? Simon Field, as I said in East, Saturday's Eastern Daily Press, if Rambo didn't start, I'd fear we play defensively and into Norwich's hands. John T. Williams, not sure we will ever get back to playing decent footy, been defensive and in that rut since Malky. Mr. Tan needs to step aside. He's had offers or take on a part that knows about the game and will allow progression. Lee Johnson, each week we just seem to be getting worse. Not in the bullet out camp just yet, but difficult to justify him staying around after the season at the moment. Even more disappointing when you remember how good everything felt in the early stage of the seasons. Um, Gareth Dunning, a week is huge in a championship as we've seen. What's the minimum return needed from the next two games and our performance is as important as points? Um, We will discuss all this, obviously, when we get to um, the the, the longest section next and then previewing the next game. So these questions aren't going to go unasked unless there's something I don't think we're going to cover. Um, Reese Gilbert, if Bullet was to be sacked or leave right now, who do you think would come in and replace him? Ben, I've got my answer. Who do you think would replace him, even on a temporary basis?
2: I can just see it being so undri- like we've gone for the progressive, now it's back to the dinosaur. That's sort of the way the cycle goes. So when you look at the holy trifecta, who's missing from this, I think it's Steve Bruce. Fuck. McCarthy, uh, Warnock,
0: and Steve Bruce, like the holy trip championship grail. My God. Um,
1: Tom, who do you think would come in? I don't know. I feel like we pluck someone from like the academy or something. Because at the moment, I don't think there's any manager in the right mind who would come to us. Like, I, I think I'd have more confidence in this like get rid of bullet. I'm not not on that camp at all anyway, but like for the people who are, you can say get rid of him, but there's no one we could possibly line up that would do a better job at the moment, I don't think, in our current state. So when you say who would come in, I genuinely don't have a clue. I, I have no idea who we go for.
0: Um, I do if it's doing a different job, though. It's, sorry, we've got too much to talk about, aren't we? Sorry, now. Simon <laughs> Field. Yes, yeah, shut up, Ben. Simon Field, two home games this week against teams below us in league. So even without Rambo, I feel we can get at least four points from them, right? David Jay, when the club announced Sabri would be leaving, I did hope Sol stayed on in the coaching setup. Still think the club should have done more to keep him now more than ever. Big game on Tuesday, keep the faith. Adam Tibbs says, That was dire. Now I've got to drive from Norwich to Bridgend, hungover. Shout out to Oliver Reese, who left Pop World early for the third weekend trip in a row. I think the main problem there is Pop World, really. Um, Sam Kirkby, I think Bullet should know his best team by now, yet we keep seeing different players playing every week, and the lack of continuity in midfield and attack is affecting us. Still think we can steady the ship, but if we lose against Blackbird on Tuesday then the alarm bells start ringing Uh, James C. Roberts fortunate enough to miss the game altogether being in Edinburgh may as well divert the conversation what's your favourite city break throw out some recommendations for us lighten the mood Uh, Ben quick one what's your favourite city break Edinburgh UK Lisbon Europe
1: Tom oh I was going to say Lisbon but uh, a big shout out to Vilnius which I enjoyed recently Vilnius is great I'd also recommend Cluj in
0: Romania um, Keon's fan account um, Yes, it must be a lonely place it was nice not being miserable from a few months from August to October David grows. there is a break in the manager's contract is in there, he stays for now until we see more from the players uh, but we need to see more from the players for to stay on next season uh, really concerning, West Brom sat off, off us after the early goal and we're average yet we still couldn't create anything and Norwich sounded even worse could have been 10, as much as I want stability at the moment it looks as if the players are not buying into what's being asked of them uh, Bluebird X. Blue, bullets, openness and truthful interviews that cause serious harm. His open negativity on his thoughts of the squad seem to have inspired a lack of confidence. As the figurehead, you need to keep an up deep, upbeat vibe high. Uh, Warnock was the master of this. Keith Jones says, why are we unable to pass the ball forwards? And often, How often do we lose possession in or around our own box with the opposition pressing in a pack? Why does this team sh- uh, show no passion or fight? Why are the same predictable subs made for every game as like-for-like um, like every game at the same times? SOS, help um, Matt, uh, Matt JCCFC, also given the squad to be... I don't know where the other tweet's gone. Uh, also give the squad to a more progressive manager with more attacking football, and you'd see lots of players start to shine. Colwell, in particular, who's working off 30% possession and scraps, but still standing out. Imagine him if we dominated games and had a plan on the ball. Welsh Mafia, the fact he's not been sacked during this poor run is a good thing, at least, and hopefully the management are giving him time. I think that is what is needed, but we can't keep sacking managers at every side of a poor run. My God, there are so many tweets. Uh, Pep says disappointing as it had been of late I've seen positives in the Watford game and the first half hour of Preston Riles and Ramsey are key to the end of the season there is no sense in sacking Bullet now um, as our club don't have a plan after him stability is a massive uh, is massive for us now Oliver Reese because the football is shit and I have a splitting hangover via Norwich Pop World even though you left early um, what's your go-to drink for a Cardiff slash Wales away Ben you don't drink alcohol at the moment do you? No still too- so what you going to have a Pepsi Max a Ribena, yeah,
2: Pepsi, Pepsi. Oh, Ribena. Yeah, Ribena, Kiora. Take oh, that. Yeah. A bit of Mbongo. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, I, I like. I, I love Iron Brew. again, one of the things about Edinburgh, Iron Brew everywhere. Wonderful stuff.
1: Um, Tom, what's your go-to drink for an away trip? Well, it depends on with um, <laughs> when, when I'm with you. Uh, it starts off with a lovely selection, assortment of craft cans. You know. Hoping for a sensible day, and then at some point a dragon soup will be put in front of me. <laughs> it's about a dragon uh, soup, yeah. Honestly, right? Without fail, I don't know where it comes from. It appears. I, I find haven't seen shops it before, for sure. a Honest to God, everywhere we go is absolutely rancid stuff, and it I and then I don't remember the rest of it. So which is probably a good thing at the moment, Ricardo. So keep them coming. Um I found a shop yesterday that sells
0: four locos um four loco is obviously like the american original version of dragon soup and um, i got two flavors for four loco one of them tropical lemonade sounds delicious do you know what the other flavor was four loco blue it's just blue, <laughs> blue. it's like <laughs> blue, blue, flavor. It's blue raspberry or blue what it's just blue um christopher jeans according to jason perry on radio wales Robin Coolwell played well for us. Would like to see more of him. Uh, CCFC Joe, feels like last week has been a reality check. We've made up of a team of rejects that held back a few of our good players from performing. Wow. Hope this makes the board realise what Warnock achieved was a miracle and they can't expect Bullet to do the same changes needed. That's the problem, though. They know what Warnock did was a miracle, but they expected whatever manager to come in just to be able to do it again. Um, I think they just bank on luck rather than actual good decision-making. Um, Matt this is the way the other tweet went at a point where either now or the end of the season he has to go been ages since we saw positive progressive football from his side and that's how you get out of this league without big money there's no foundations I can see and go yes we can work with that going into next season Sean Collins, I think lots are fed up at the moment. If we look like we were trying things, then it would be easier. I think his toys are at the pram after not being backed how he wanted. I'd like a younger coach with a philosophy. Director of football needed, just hard to watch at the moment. Jake Doran-Hughes, I'm convinced Cardiff City is a social experiment to test the boundaries and limits of loyalty loyalties within the human species. Matt CCFC, more poor goals are conceded. Another really poor performance just feels so deflated at the moment. Blackburn and Stoke Games decide whether it's going to be mid-table mediocrity or a relegation battle for the rest of the season. Leynon, another lackluster embarrassing performance, worrying times ahead. If we continue to play like this, Bullet needs to rethink his tactics. We're sitting back too much and not pressing or even challenging teams. Wouldn't rush to offer him a new contract either. Forever Blue sixty six. We are just not good enough. If we're being br- brutally honest, we know that that when Bullet took over, replacing Bullet just starts a shithouse Mary merry-go-round again. How does that help? We need to sort out upstairs. Until those drips are gone, we'll have the same shit show. Um, Dan Lagis says lots of thoughts. So bear with me. No press or intent to win the ball. The press is every week is led this way. I saw it is led by Wintle, a deep line midfielder who has to make significant ground to press and have an impact. We haven't played a through ball for a decade. The players have worked out they can just move in the general direction of their formation, and Bullet is happy. Um, Instead of changing system to suit the players, he's stuck with something that doesn't work. We haven't utilised our players. Look at Turnbull. He could play a pass for Celtic, not for us. Common Bluebird, Groundhog Day, not creating chances, not able to retain the ball. Predictable play. We've changed players and managers, but it always comes back to this. We're so pumped after the first couple of months, but Bullet looks shell-shocked now. What is the underlying problem? AE says, What's gone wrong since October? Is it the players? Does Bullet have an attitude to not suit the game over here? Or is it a combination of every level at the club? Also, I appreciate frustrations over Rambo's fitness, but fans calling him for a tire is a load of shit. And to start the conversation about Errol Bullet and what the fuck's going on at the moment, my brother asks People keep asking about a footballing identity and how we should play. What was our identity historically, and what would you want the club to be trying to set up as our ongoing football style and identity? Um, right. Thanks for everyone getting involved. Twitter.com forward slash VFT Minion. That was a lot of tweets. I think it sums up the general feeling around the fan base at the moment. Um, I've entitled this section, Ben and Tom, What's Going On? Because it is all just really flat at the moment. Um, I say flat. It's flat from the club. It's flat on the field. The fans are very angry. Um, We've talked about everything, you know, over the course of this season on this podcast, but we're kind of getting into the what it was like last season where every week is kind of the same podcast or we're talking about the same things happening in the same games and the same results are happening and we're just not progressing. Um, we talk about there, Ben, you know, the kind of footballing identity and and what's going to happen, you know, with our style and identity and how we go about building that. Um, the fact we haven't sacked um, Bullet yet, Ben, does that suggest that does it, it, to me, it could be one of two things, but, I'm going to go on the positive side of things. Does this suggest that we're trying to stick with him to let him build something that's going to last, even if he's not here to see it through?
2: Um, I'd love to say, yeah. That's why I said I'm going on like, the optimistic side. I'd love for it to be that. I'd love to be there being patient, they're giving him a chance. But I think they're going, well, he's fucking off in May anyway. Um, we're not We're not going to go down. We don't have to pay him off. Mm. I think it purely boils down to that at the moment. And I, that's, again a really damning indictment on what the situation, the whole club as a whole is. Um, they don't, they, I don't think there's no way Tam believes in the manager at the moment. You know how fickle he is. You look at some of the sort of decisions he's made with getting rid of managers. He's got rid of them for a lot less than this, but yeah. I think it, he's fed up of paying off managers. He's still like, this is a bloke that's still butthurt about buying Cornelius. And that was 10 years ago. Like he still used that as an excuse now not to put proper funding into the club. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's purely just down to not wanting to pay off another manager. And I think possibly because Bullet was such a out-and-out, this-is-my-man pick from Dalman, I think there's, he's got a bit of safety in line there where Dalman's not going to push. I think if Dalman really wanted it and really pushed for it, I think a decision would be made and he'd probably have gone by now. But I think because it's him, Dalman's trying to save face and hoping to turn around. I think he's got that sort of sticking for him as well.
0: Do you, Tom, do you think that Tan is almost looking at Dalman and going well this is your man you got to fall on your sword with this one or uh, am I just reading too much into the situation
1: I'd be surprised if Tan's paying any attention whatsoever <laughs> uh, to be honest I, I, I think he's kind of done with it I think he's just letting Dalman kind of run I say run the show he's not doing much running by the looks of it but like I, I don't think he really has an opinion on it I, I doubt he's watched much of the games anymore He's probably looked at the table and gone, oh, that's not great. And then just that's it. I I, I just I don't think I think even if he had a longer contract, I don't think we begin with a bullet now. I think because it's such a different type of appointment and we've brought him in, you know, from from abroad and stuff like that. I think you I think they would give him more time. But I don't know, I think there's just a general apathy anyway. So I don't think they'd be as like, I don't know. Reactive and sacking someone now because I don't think the desire to be, you know, that into it is there from the board anymore. I think they'd just let it run to the end of the season, no matter what.
2: Um, I don't know if that's entirely because he was the was it Boxing Day he was here?
1: Like, yeah, one of, game in what um, three years?
2: No, I get that. I get he's not. I'm not saying he's the same as he was when we were in the Premier League, but I don't know if it's a case of he's not watching. I think he's still involved. I'd like to think he still cares, but um. Yeah, I don't think it's a case of he's completely sacked off and just not paying attention. I think he's just not willing to chuck the money in like he was before.
1: Possibly. I think the reason he turned up, though, is because it's the first time we were allowed to spend money. So I think he has to turn up and kind of like almost, you know, make sure it's not going to get unruly in January a little bit. I think we took it at the time as being, you know, a positive that he's invested in the club. But... I just I don't know. I don't know. I'm just feeling overly negative tonight. But I just I don't think that investment is there now. I thought this would be an exciting time and there'd be a bit of an uplift. And before you know, even Dalman was having a second wind. But that wind has blown away pretty fucking quickly.
2: Well, the reason it wasn't the second. The reason there wasn't investment is they forgot to send an email to the EFL going, um, "How much can we actually spend, lads?" <laughs> and then when they did that the last week of the window, they went, "Oh shit!" It's sort of like at the end of the month when you look at your bank banks are going to buy a takeaway. And you realise I can't do that, can I? I feel like Cardiff did like a much bigger version of that.
0: Yeah, I just couldn't. Their takeaway was Kiefer more. Um, although they still tried to get Kiefer more anyway. Um, ben, you know we talked about changing the managers, but in another season, the run of form we'd have been on would have absolutely meant a sacking for the manager. And I think this is where Cardiff fans are a little bit confused, right? Because when Harris was sacked, it felt inevitable. It felt like it. It was even a couple of weeks too late when Warnock was sacked. It felt like the right decision. Or oh, when Warlock left, sorry, I don't know if he was sacked. I think he left um, of his own volition. But it felt like the right decision at the time. You know, when McCarthy was sacked, everyone was absolutely clamoring for it. Um, Morrison was a bit of a shock at the time, but it made sense. Now it feels like Bullet is sackable, but we're not sacking him. So the fans are a little bit in this limbo, aren't they? Yeah, I think it. Players are as
2: well. Um, realistically, I think that I think we all know it'd be sort of more encouraging if there was like a longer term plan of like, we're not sacking him, but he's definitely going to be here next year. Or like, he's got that contract that goes beyond May, beyond the end of the season, this progression there. So that's why they're keeping him on. Right now, it is very much a case of, like I said before, he's sticking around till May because we don't have to pay to get rid of him. Like if we know that, the players damn sure know that. They're not stupid. They know what the situation is. So that's going to affect your performance. Um, It leaves fans and players in limbo, doesn't it? Like you said.
0: Yeah, Tom, it does feel like that we're in a position where it it could go either way in the sense that we could sack him tomorrow um, or he could sign that new two-year contract. Obviously, he's got the um, break clause after a year. I think the option is to extend it for another year at least. Um, There's been no conversation about it. Bullets made comments in the press that he wants to stick around and he'd like to have that conversation it feels less so like that because he's talking about well I'll give up my best at the end of the season and then figure it out from there but equally tomorrow we could hear that news that he signed a new deal or he could be sacked and that's a really confusing situation to be in isn't it?
1: Yeah definitely I think like because you, you can look at it from both ways as well it's like we're actually in a better position last, than last season so yeah. it's an improvement than what we had before I think what's massively working against this is the order of where the success has come this season Didn't I mean? Yeah. it was yeah. all bunched in right at the beginning and to be honest we've had little shoots of hope that have probably given Bullet a little bit more grace you know like the Watford result for example which is kind of out of nowhere you take them away then there'd be a lot there would be a much bigger clamour for him to go but I can understand why it's a confusing situation because we've had it worse than this and there's a risk if we get rid of him it could get worse again so I, I, you know, I'm definitely, I'm definitely not in the get rid of him camp at the moment because I am petrified of it being a lot worse than it currently is. It doesn't feel like it could be at the moment, but it, it, with this club, it one hundred percent could be. Um, ben with bullet, obviously, to, to my brother's
0: question about the footballing identity, he's brought in, um, he's brought in that new head of recruitment. The, the, you know, the players we have signed this year bit odd in the sense that they you know, you talk about assigning young players with, with resale value, Guthassiopis don't really fit in with that, but maybe Turnbull does. So maybe there's a, a signal of change with the January transfer window. Do you see him if Bullet does stay for the for the longer term, aka into next season, do you see that footballing identity becoming a bit more clear then? Because at the moment it seems like we're just trying to kind of get through the season, but with the changes that are happening, it feels like there is something going into place there that could have a longer term effect.
2: I don't know if I like. I was more comfortable with what the identity was back in October, like at the start of the season. I Mm -hmm. felt like that's where the plan was. That's where I thought everything was going. It was sort of high press, high energy, a lot of movement on the ball, knocking the ball about. Well, that's where we were going. That's completely gone out of this current team now. Um, And it's not like there's been wholesale changes to sort of the players to make that happen. You're missing out on Ramsey. Like, that makes sense. Like you're going to lose a bit of sort of you're going to lose that a bit of quality in the middle. But no, I don't think, like the idea. Was like players like Siopis, players like Gutas, they came in to add much needed quality where we didn't have any. We were desperate for quality at centre back, someone that could play the ball. Yeah. Gutas did that. We were desperate for a dynamic sort of break up player in the middle. That's exactly what Siopis did at that time. Like he, don't forget when Siopis came in, he was like we thought he was the best thing in the world. He, he came in, started like house on fire, absolutely changed that midfield and sort of exactly what we needed. Now that's not happening. It's sort of like the changing system clearly shows in him. Um, I don't think you can, don't look at anything that's sort of gone on and say, look, this is what the identity is. Um, I feel like it's just very much square pegs around holes again, even though purely because it was such a rush in January. If we give him a summer with proper scouting, with a proper budget, would It be different based on the players he's brought in when he's actually been allowed to? I'd say, yeah. You look at the quality, he's brought in, there would be a change.
0: Um, Tom, where does the season end up? Where do we end the season? You know, we uh, at one point we were looking up the table at playoffs, plucky eighth was, was being mentioned, but now it feels like we're 14th. You know, we're in the worst form, I think, in the league, apart from maybe Rotherham at the bottom, um, no one as well yeah Millwall is thinking about the gaff as well I forget about them um, you know where does it end
1: it's mad like you say like plucky eight when we were, we were saying plucky eight the back of my head I was thinking I'll tell you what top six is another question I just yeah. didn't want to say it out loud I don't know why I've chosen to do it now when we're in 14th that, that's a mad I don't know why I've done that but like yeah but like I think I just see it being 16th 17th I think you know a couple of places below where we are now and to be honest with you there's part of me will take it now because I am slightly worried that we'll we'll tumble. And it, it's gone from, you know, beginning of the season, happy staying up. Then it was like, you know, I don't think we'll go up, but tell you what, it'd be really good for momentum and the fan base if we finish in the top 10. That ain't happening now either. So I just, I'd be surprised if we're any higher than we are now coming into end of the season. Ben? I'd love to think we'll be... Uh...
2: Top half but I don't think you will I think yeah about 16th 17th maybe even lower I think we could at the moment it just feels like the only way we're going to do is drop further down the table I don't think we'll be pulled into it because other clubs are such a mess but yeah top half would be lovely but above 20th I think might be sort of a happy result
0: by the end of the season I would quite like to listen back to our old podcasts at some point just to see how our expectations have changed over the summer. And that's the interesting thing about doing uh, over the season, sorry. And that's the funny thing about doing a podcast, right? Because we are so reactionary. I don't think we ever go over the top, really, as a podcast. I think we're quite tempered, if excitable, and giddy. But when you look back on our podcast now, at the start of the season, we would have gone, I'll just be happy with mid-table. Then maybe a month into the season, it's like, oh, we could get the playoffs here. And now it's like, well, I'll be happy with just staying up. Uh, to, to I've literally
2: it. just pulled up our predictions to the start of the season. Um, oh, we were all... No, to be honest, mate, we weren't, we're like, wild. Realistic. Yeah, yeah. It's the true. highest we had... You went for Plucky 8th, Tom, because it's your catchphrase, and you've got a brand to build. It's my brand. It's my brand. It's my brand. Yeah. Like, yeah, it is my brand, yeah. Like, if it came off, that merch order you put in would have been good money. Now it looks like <laughs> you just down the drain. But, um, yeah, I think, Ben, yeah. Ben, you put us 10th, I put us 12th. I don't think that's being yeah. unrealistic, especially sort of the way it started. I think we all were expecting a bit of a drop-off. I think I we were mean, all saying it was too good to be true, but we weren't expecting this.
0: And, you know, we're 14th, right? And there's still 12, 13 games left of the season. So we could, in theory, still knock on the door of 10th, 8th, if all results go our way. It just doesn't feel like we're going to do that at the moment. Um, and we've Jesus Christ, got... I had Millwall 7th. What <laughs> the? the start of the season.
2: Yeah, I had them 7th and Plymouth 8th.
0: Who was is who, who is in your
2: playoffs, Ben? Uh, Leicester top, Middlesbrough second, Watford, Leeds, West Brom, Norwich.
0: Not too bad. What uh,
2: did I have? Leicester top, Southampton, Borough, Sunderland, Leeds, Leeds Ipswich. Again, not bad. <gasps> oh, here we go. was Borough, Leicester, <laughs> Southampton, Watford, Norwich, Hull. Again, nothing like yeah, nothing, a uh, bad.
0: We're all at about three or four out of the top six, really. Um, as an average, obviously some of us are slightly higher, me, um, but I think we were quite realistic. Um, it's just it's been a it's been a long season already, isn't it? This is a long podcast, uh, so we should probably talk about the next two games because uh, usually we try and make it an hour. We, we're rocking over an hour here. Um, two home games this week, Ben um, against two, two teams who, uh, I mean, Blackburn have had a bit of a stinker of a season, Stoke. They brought in Schumacher and thought they were going to be on the up, but it's got worse for them. Um so it should be two wins, really, shouldn't it, Ben? Shouldn't it? Tell me. Tell me. Please. I'd love
2: I'd love to say that because look, I I'm for part of me sort of thinking Tuesday, look, let's get on to Tuesday, we've got a chance here. There's still that belief in my head, but who knows? Just the way it's going. Um yeah, that these are games we should be looking at. Their club's in worse free fall than us. Like, um, hopefully something kicks on, but it's the sort of the way we're playing, you can very easily see it as like they're both looking at this game as a way of like turning their season around as well. I feel like it's very much that sort of point of the season for everyone. Um,
0: um, Tom, Blackburn seemed to have a few, a little bit of a hoodoo, sorry, bless me, a little bit of a hoodoo. I'm curious right you, the moment. Yeah, God, that came out of nowhere. Um, I think we've only beaten them once um, in the last 10, 11 games, I look yeah. sure. our like um, obviously they beat us 5 2 in the League Cup, they beat us 5-1 in the league last year. It's about time we
1: put them to the sword, isn't it? We're not putting anyone to the sword at the moment, though. That's the problem, isn't it? And and they've got a genuine goal scorer. And I think that's what frightens me when you've yeah. got they've got someone like Sammy Snodicks who can like score a goal from nowhere. Like they'd be in a hell of a lot of worse situation if they didn't have him. But um, I think that's the one thing that worries me. And you look at the next two games, like look at the odds of it they've got us and Stoke bang on the same odds to win that game. And I think that's the worrying thing. Like, you're going into that game, they're below us in the league, and we're at home, and the bookies have got us as even. And it's on, it's the same going into the Blackburn game as well. Like, there's no confidence from anywhere for us here. And like, we should be winning these games at home. And they pivot pivotal. And I, I I think, I genuinely think we will get a result out of both games here. Yeah? But, boy, it's needed. Because if it, if it doesn't happen... Um, um, yeah, things will turn. I think, like, like you said, it's toxic already. I think the toxicity will turn into panic. So at the moment, I don't think we're panicking. I think we're just a little bit annoyed and angry and we're sick of watching shit football. But blind panic is just around the corner if this week goes badly.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, Ben, we were asked in the Twitter comments, uh, what's you know, what level of points are we getting from these two games? What's your view now going into them? Two home games, two teams below us. What what do you think is, is a minimum expectation?
2: I'd be happy with one win. I think it's got to that state where like the desperation's there. I watched the Iron Claw yesterday, which is like a really sad story. And Good that film, still wasn't as sad as Errol Bullet's face at full time. I think that's sort of where it's going. <laughs> that is press conference. Sad in the iron floor. Like the story of the Bonerics, if you don't know about it, it's horrible. They had to make the movie less sad than the actual story. They cut out the story, story, didn't they? Yeah, that's how bad that is. And I watched that and still felt more sorry for Errol Bullet at a full-time facing questions. That's sort of the level of dire it's got to. So just pick up a win. Just get that win. And that sort of hopefully then gets us going. If you get a win against Blackburn and then sort of turn it around, sort of put something in against Stoke as well, the false hope, it's the false hope that kills you. We say it all the time with Cardiff, but if we can get that going, then lovely job. Let's just get one win at home because it's been, I cut was it? Plymouth? Last home what win?
0: Was, um, no, we drew with Plymouth?
2: Plymouth. Oh, shit, we did, didn't we? Yeah. What was then the last D- home D- win?
0: Uh, let me see if I can figure it out. Tom, you talk about what what you think we're going to get from these two games, and I'll do the work the, the rest of it. My
1: blind optimism's come back, and I generally think we'll get six points from it. But like, I, I was too optimistic in the last two games. I said it'd be two two 2-0 losses, and we managed to surpass that. But um, I don't know. I, they're two very poor sides, and I think we have got enough there to win, like at least one of these games. I think we should be getting six, but I. I would take four I, I don't think I'd take a loss from any of these games at the moment because I don't think that helps with like the, the overall atmosphere and I still think it keeps us in that mix because there are teams around us who could be I know they're not in the bottom three themselves but I don't know I, we've got to take four in my opinion just to kind of like stop the tide a little bit
2: see I, got, I don't I think i take a loss as long as we've got another win I think which which game don't care which one but Fair. the rot, the rot is there with sort of especially at home of the lack of like I think it's Millwall's the last win at home December sort of 9th yeah, Millwall it. I was yeah. on
0: holiday for it so maybe I should go on holiday I'll be i shit
2: awful so that sort of like goes there but like you go with that and you sort of keep picking up then you go in sort of eight or nine like was it five or six games without a win then we'll be sort of looking at um that's more of a worry because you can't see where the next win's coming from even if you pick up an, a loss along the way like, two points, two draws is nothing. It's you'd be, You're going to be frustrated
0: with two draws against poor sides. What's really weird, obviously, yeah. is we beat, we beat Millwall on the 9th of de- December at home. Prior to that, um, our last home win before that was 28th of October against Bristol. So we've only won two home games since the 28th of October, basically. And then before that, that it was September for our last home win.
2: That Bristol game feels like, what was my famous fact goes, season- a, a big swing indoors moment. Yeah, um, it feels like there. like a proper pivotal sort of moment, and it's where it felt like the high of that. It felt like after Cole will score that screamer, it's all gone wrong since then. Mm-hmm. do you think before, it, interesting. before? Yeah, that was the Huddersfield game, the four 0 win before that.
0: Yeah,
2: right. disappointing loss against Blackburn but yeah, it's um,
0: yeah, it's weird. Just the drop off is killer. Um, well. We're, I hope everyone who's listened to this is suitably optimistic after a, <laughs> an upbeat and inspiring kind of City conversation. Um, I mean, there's not much else to say at the moment, is there? Uh, if you like what we do, uh, twitter.com forward slash VFT uh, You can get involved on our Twitter page. Um, hopefully, um, we might get a cheerier podcast next week. Um, we do this for the love, not the money. KOFI.com forward slash VFT Thank you to our sponsors. Uh, thank you to everyone who's listened so far this season. Thank you to everybody who sent in a tweet. Tom, Thanks for joining me, Ben. Thanks for joining me. Um, This is a flat one. See you next week. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty, but they like to talk about Cardiff City. It's the view from the ninny, and with views from the ninny, and not shoes from the ninny, and the view from the ninny. Sports Social Podcast Network.